Gather round Alberta growers for common sense, educational, get your hands dirty, not as hard as you think to make it beautiful tips with Rob and Kevin from Salisbury Greenhouse and Landscaping. Pour a coffee, grab the seeds, and get ready to grow. Hello, eager gardeners. I'm Rob Stroll from Salisbury Greenhouse. And I'm Kevin Napora from Salisbury Landscaping. And it is a wet, tropical August out there. We're going to talk about a lot of different things today. We're going to talk about harvesting. We're going to talk about preserving and we're going to talk about some pest control and the crazy stuff that's happening with all this wet weather. And garden tours. And garden tours, I want to talk yes. about garden tours. Absolutely. Well, why don't we, let's jump right in. Okay. And if you have gardens right now, they are bountiful to the brim. Yes. Uh, just because of the incredible weather. Huge, huge fruit production. If you like, we um, go on uh, Sunday walks through the River Valley. Saskatoons and the those um, red cherry. The, the there's red bundles and black bundles. Yeah, you got to be real careful which ones you take. Yes. So I think the red ones is the 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 currants. The currants. Yes. Yeah, yeah. The currants have that red. They're red. They're almost translucent. The yeah, berry. Yeah. And yeah. they hang freely. And they hang like freely. Grapes. Yes. Yeah, we have currants in my yard, and they're oh. lovely this year. Actually, mm. the currants in my yard don't have bugs this year. Normally, currants and a lot of those kind of native berries, yeah. the old rule is it's one for you, one for the bugs. Yes. Right? So, but if they look great, and fruit, my cherry trees are, the, the branches are leaning over mm. to to almost almost snapping. I have yeah. to go and Production levels are through the roof for this, this year, for sure. Absolutely. So, when you have all this wonderful fruit, you have your... Your apples, you have your root vegetables, you have your tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Well, when do you pick it? I just assume when the tomato turns red. Tomato turns red and a little soft, right? Right. So for me, it's a little soft. I Tomato turns no, red for I, me. No, I haven't been doing that. No? I've been pulling them when they're a little bit hard. Oh, so you like them a little more el dante. Now that I think of it, I've been actually pulling my tomatoes at the wrong time. I like, I like tomatoes that <laughs> I like a them really red. sharp knife to cut it because they're so yes. squishy. Yes. And that you want to wait, for me anyway, for my, I like the mid-sized tomatoes, patios, mm. early grills and things. Yeah. I wait two or three days after they've really reddened oh, and okay. until the stalk even starts to turn a little brown. Oh, okay. That's when I pick. Hmm. Yeah. But I like them a little... Well, this year uh, we grew, we seeded a whole bunch, um, and then uh, a friend of mine, her mom, gave us another. So we have like close to thirty tomatoes. Nice. And uh, so I've got all my recipes ready for salsa and all kinds of crazy things. However, my beets uh, were horrible this year. Really? Oh, they're so awful. My beets are wonderful. I think it's the sunshine. I I don't. I um, the grape. my vegetable garden is right behind my my um, grapes, mm-hmm. and I've got massive grapes. Like oh, so they're shaded, and they're too shaded. And so yeah, I got a really crappy vegetable garden this year. But beets, the great thing about beets is you just let them go right through the fall. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, you can pick them in November. Yeah. So and my beets are getting they're getting you know picking size, but yeah. I'm going to hold off because I go for quantity over quality. Well, I think it's the heat. Now that we're finally getting heat, they're starting to grow. When we had that batch in June without heat, my tomatoes were just green and they were just hanging there green. Yeah. People would come in. I think we talked about this last month. Well, People yeah. People would come in, why are my tomatoes ripening? And I said, yeah. well, 
You got no heat. Heat. You need the heat to fix the sugars. I remember you saying that. Yes. To get the good stuff yeah. rolling. And I did. I went through all, and I, I started picking all the lower leaves, um, so that um, uh, because it up. Yeah, it good. opened it up, and then the darn tomatoes grew another two feet, um, and then so I had to buy extra long bamboo. Um, and then, of course, the rains and the hail came, and <laughs> we're just lying on the ground. It's I've been like, lucky we've avoided, we've avoided oh. the hail. Oh, I'm in we hail, Allie. Sour cherries in the yard, uh-huh. and so the hail you want to leave leave them hanging on the branch to get sun kissed for yeah. till the, till mid August if you can. Mm-hmm. But you got to just cross your fingers that the hail doesn't come along and beat the heck out of them, mm-hmm. right? The okay, so root vegetables. So root vegetables. Don't worry about it. You can pick them after Halloween. Yep. You can pick them now if you like them small, no problem. Yep. Tomatoes, well, we're split jury on that Wait one. Wait till but, uh, red, uh, red. Yeah, red, red. Yeah. And your your bigger tomatoes, your beefsteak tomatoes, you, or your heirloom tomatoes going to be ripe enough for people now. You want to wait till the red has kind of, or the color has kind of reached the bottom. Ah, just when it reaches the bottom, then it's that's done. when you pick oh, it. Right. It kind of starts at the top. A friend of mine, she gave us these black tomatoes. Oh, black cream? I, I don't know what they are, yeah, but it, they're black. Right. It's just amazing. Yeah. But the bottom of it, ha- it's uh, a very lime green on the bottom. So she actually picked them too early, I think. A, a little, but I mean, yeah. it'll, you know, the taste will still be there mm, for mm-hmm. sure. But totally growing those next year. Absolutely. They're the yeah. coolest. I like the red profusion. The little guys? Yeah. I like them over tumblers, and you know I just keep picking them every day. Mm-hmm. Um, other things ripening up: apples. If you don't have apple maggot or scab, right? Scab yeah. is horrible this year. Yeah, the I believe the rescues, um, the uh, crab apple rescues, they start in August, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so many apples though they have there's the early apple and the late apple, mm-hmm. um, and so it depends because some and then some of the late apples have to have frost. Or at least a good cold snap in yep. order to sweeten. Yep. So there's a because I, I, I get Frost a lot of people. Everything, right? Yeah, no, I get a lot of people who go, well, my neighbor's apples are done, mine are still not ready to go, and it's just a lot of times because of the variety. Yeah, um, the the ap- thing with the apples, a lot of people's apples are falling prematurely. Hmm. Mine are falling prematurely. A lot of people t- tell me they're falling prematurely. That's maggot. Oh. Chances are that's an apple maggot issue because it just it weakens the entire tree, okay. right? And so when you pick this bounty of food, you got your carrots, you got your raspberries, you got everything else. Well, what do you do if you can't eat them? You've got to freeze them or preserve them. Okay, now we're talking. Preserving. Uh, oh, okay. I have, I have to tell you this story. All right. Everyone's getting really worked up here. Yes. Now, uh, quite a few years ago, um, uh, I. I, well, I can't cook. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have that. I poisoned myself. I've set fire to the house. Whatever. I've done those things. <laughs> so I've decided one day that I'm going to learn something new. I'm going to preserve. And so I announced this at a dinner party. And there were, so all my friends, there's like 15 of them, they all in one voice said, No! <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, I'm going to do it anyways. <laughs> no, totally, totally. So I made one, I made uh, like three jars and then I put them away for the month. And then we had a big opening and uh, um, my friend uh, had the, the ca- truck ready to go in case I passed out and had to go to the hospital. <laughs> so I took a spoonful and it was like, this is good. 
I oh, made jam. I did jam. Yay. Did you put enough sugar in? It's always amazing how much sugar you have to put I in. I did. Like as much sugar as fruit. Yeah, yeah. No, I did that. And of course, my next jam was uh, I put too much and it turned into a big solid blob. So anyways, I did manage to master jam and then, of course, moved on to that. Um, so doing all kinds of different um, um, uh, like rhubarb chutneys and all of those things nice. okay so give me the five second on how to preserve safely because i think that's one of the reasons i know a lot of people want to preserve mm -hmm. but if you get it wrong you could be in big trouble yeah. so how do you how do you do it safely the basics for for basic preserving is you need the vinegar and heat and you also have to remember that edmonton is much higher than the uh, ocean <clears throat> so whenever they they have um, so if you're following a recipe just make sure you put the correct amount of vinegars in there and then add another five minutes for boiling and another thing is that you have so to the pressure yeah oh um i don't use a, a, a that you can get pressure no, cooker I mean, ones air pressure yeah altitude. yeah so you have to add more boiling okay and so then that way then it um uh um is is, is sterilized and then also you have to listen for the pop. So what they do is when you buy a lid, um, the lid, um, as soon as it sucks in, it, it makes a popping sound. Oh, and that's, what, that's why they do that? Yeah. And so you, you put all of your things out on I the counter. I thought it was just so my toddler could run around the house popping it and drive me nuts. No, you can't no? do that. Too. Okay. No. Anyways, <laughs> so you have all of your jars on the counter. And then while you're drinking your wine, because you've just finished cooking, um, you listen for these all little pops, and it makes you feel really good. Okay. And so then I throw everything into the um, uh, my garage, and uh, you've got one full year. Okay. And uh, so the great thing, though, is that it really excites you because then you get your harvesting things, you're collecting things, and then there's all these other recipes so that means that you have to go to the greenhouse the next year to buy those particular plants to put in your garden so that you can do those recipes the you, next year. You got, you got bitten by the preserving yeah, bug. Yeah, it's fun. And what it's about fun. pickles? Is it the same process? Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so just in the pickles, you wait for the pop. Uh, well, it, 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 it's all it's all in the boiling process. So that that's, that's your sterilizing. So that once, once it's fully cooled down and... Um, pulls in the the lid then it's then it's sealed okay. and and then you're good so as long as you cook it for the extra five minutes to account for our altitude you're safe because i know a lot of people like doing pickles now and preserves mm -hmm. i think it's going to be a very trendy thing mm -hmm. um especially with you know younger people they're doing uh i think they're doing a lot of it i get a lot of questions about it and i'm a little you know duh. Kind well, of about it, so. one thing is that when we used to, um, uh, I, I, I do all of the markets. I love going to markets. But, you know, buying a jar from a market is like 7 to $9. Yeah. And, you know, you, Just for the labor, right? you can grow all of these yeah. things and, and, and do it at home for, like, cheap. I know one thing that I would contribute would be I've helped my wife pickle carrots and things like that oh, before. Yeah. And you have to scrub those suckers. you got to scrub off everything. Every yeah. bit of dirt. It's got to be clean. Very important. Yeah. yeah. And then as well, there's different there's different tech um, textures, I guess. Uh, uh, like if you're slicing longwise or you're chopping it um, uh, perpendicular into little discs, it, it affects the um, the mouth feel, I guess, uh -huh. later on. Um, so 
you can try those different, just slicing. Yeah, I think sticks. we've always just done carrots and um, asparagus and things just whole. Like oh, okay. Peeled and whole. Ah. But, uh, you know, julienne would be, would be nice oh, as yeah. well. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. It's fun. It's fun. I really All enjoy right. doing it. Well, maybe maybe we'll get back into it. We got, like I said, we got a lot of great beets. We can always pick those. Mm -hmm. And all right, so moving on. Yeah. So in July, a lot of people heard about garden tours. A lot of people went to garden right. tours. And a few of them even hosted garden tours. Garden yes. tours is when, you know, a few hundred of your closest friends come into your yard and basically admire everything you've done and get ideas for their own garden. Oh, yeah, totally. The, the ooing and aahing and, oh, my God, how did you get this so beautiful? It's like, oh, I love this. It's, it's really you, enriching. You have a lot of experience as a visitor, yeah. as a host, as a judge, mm -hmm. as a lot of different things for garden tours. Yeah. So, you know, August is significant. Also, I, I work at really hard at getting um, houses for next year as well. And so the thing about that is that if you are going to get on or trying to get onto our garden tour, if you've been invited, um, you do need to start doing the prep for that, like the year earlier. So uh, pruning your trees, um, uh, planting as well. Sometimes you have to do um, m uh, moving plants around. Um, and then you also have to clear your aisles because like for the Edmonton Horticulture Tour, there could be as many as 700 people that'll go through your yard in two days. And, and so you can't have it looking overly messy. So then there's, um, so because generally in September. Then you need to be aware of bottlenecks. And yeah, yeah. And, and then as well in September, you're dividing all of your plants and, and trying to, to create um, uh, a sweep so that you're not like a botanic garden where you have one, 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 one of everything. It's better to have like groupings of plants and repetition in that. So you're really trying to create this, this beautiful space. Um, and then I know a lot of, um, uh, I was on the tour this year. Um, this one guy did unbelievable, like he, he shellacked into a high polish all the concrete. And he even did the retaining walls. Wow. It was stunning. And, and then as well, he put like this big giant chandelier in the neighbor's tree that hung over his property. And uh, oh, it was just awesome. breathtaking. It had nothing to do with flowers. But <laughs> the yard looked still, phenomenal. It shows off, you, know, you, yeah. you do what you're good at. So it shows off his talent. Yeah. Right? So start now. And if someone is interested in getting into a garden tour or getting organized, who would they contact? Um, generally, like with um, the, the different tours, there's always somebody in charge of looking uh, for things. So like with uh, um, uh, Edmonton Horticulture Society is one of the biggest ones. And, and so they have um, an organizer in there that, whose specific job is to go out and look at houses and evaluate them. So would that be a good place for people to start? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And okay. then there's also, um, I, I know like um, uh, another one was uh, Waterworks. They, they had um, uh, a water garden tour. And so some of their jobs that they had done. So a lot of times even the installer um, who installs your um, will, will sometimes have tours. Okay. So it's, it's, um, it's, it's quite exciting. It's a lot of work for Very sure. Cool. Um, but it's and I've been on the tours a few times, and they are spectacular. The EHS tour is amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. just amazing. All right, so it's August, and August, and it's wet. Uh, right now, it's end of July, and we're going to thunderstorm every afternoon. Oh. Just every day at 2 o'clock, the sky opens up. We get torrential rain. For White mud hour. was flooded. I heard this. I was People stuck wrestling. on the bridge for like... 
20 minutes. Yes. Because I, mean, I never listened to the news. You should listen to the news. <laughs> I should listen really to the news. I sent a text <laughs> to my friend going, oh my God, this is so. And the, the text went back to, well, why don't you listen to the news? Everybody knew of this. <laughs> I get no support. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a kick in the teeth. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> One, a, a tip for me, when a storm happens, like that yesterday was a bad thunderstorm. And, when a storm happens, I should go on Twitter, and I keep Twitter on the hashtag #abstorm, abstorm. Oh, okay. and that's where people put all the information. All the meteorologists put the maps on there. All the weather warnings are on there. People put warnings up of the storm, and I could track the trajectory of that storm cell um, all just right through, mm-hmm. right through, went downtown to, uh, towards uh, South Edmonton and out, out towards the Duke. But um, it's it's a great hashtag abstorm and of course if you can contribute as well that'd be great so in the gardening world then so your your plants have been just brutalized by hail yes what can you do not much i when if if you've gotten a lot of hail first off if your fruit is brutalized by hail your apples cherries etc you need to pick it pick it right away before the hail damage you know, gets brown and attracts more bugs and stuff crawls into it because they're open wounds, okay. right? So what about like my tomatoes? Because that, that happened. My, my tomatoes got really and hit. If they're if Well, they're they were red, green. I mean, if no, mine are green. Okay, so you can pick the green. They're still ripened. Okay. Um, if the damage is extensive. If the not dam- damage isn't extensive, it hasn't really broken the flesh, it should be okay. Mm. But your overall concern is for the health of the plant. Right. And so, you know, prune off the highly, highly damaged areas. But for the most part, just try to give it some loving. You know, give it some fertilizer if it's not too late in the season, if it's not mid-August or beyond, and just hope for the best. Yeah, I know with my um, perennials, so a lot of my um, delphiniums and that, um, what I do is try to really wrap them so that they they don't. But once they're broken, you you just make a big flower arrangement. One thing that happens in the um, with all the wet weather is you start getting the bugs, you start getting the pests and the aphids the aphids they're they're starting to be everywhere right and they're on all the delphiniums they're on all the uh, all the different flowers petunias i know a lot of people get petunias thinking that the aphids don't like them which is actually the polar opposite of the truth no they get covered in aphids petunias aphids not only love petunias oh. but petunias are so sticky i don't think aphids could leave if they wanted to oh, yeah. they just sit on petunias and reproduce <laughs> and aphids reproduce Oh, you have to do talk, uh, talk. There are two different kinds of aphids, though. There's like 20 different kinds of aphids. Well, no, 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 no. There's the asexual aphids, and oh, then yes. there's the sexual aphids. Oh, the sexual ones. We don't want to talk about them. Well, yes. No, they're, they're coming in August. That's why we're talking about aphids. Uh, which one has wings? That Those are the sexual ones. The sexual ones. Yes. They fly around. They fly and around. And in like late August, the town. there's like hundreds of them. When you, you yeah. open your mouth to talk, they, they kind of fly in. Oh, nasty. Yes, they're, they're just revolting. Big, big black swarms of aphids, folks. And folks, this year it's going to be epic. So just put, you know, put a screen over your mouth or something because they're going to fly right in there. Yeah. And once... Glass of wine. When people come in in the middle of August and say, I have aphids on my petunias, what do I do about it? I say, throw the petunia away. Why? On, because when aphids invade a petunia in August, it is like a zombie apocalypse. It, you cannot kill them all. No, 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 no. You have a little hand sprayer and you wash each individual one. Oh, my. <laughs> so much time <laughs> on your hands. <laughs> but I, I only plant like five, five petunias. Okay, so 
Okay, or you could do that. You could maybe you could you could pick off each aphid. Hmm? No, <laughs> no, no, no. Just wash them off. You just or garlic spray. Okay, garlic spray. Garlic spray, spray I find works. You would, um, is aphids? Do they hate garlic as much as mosquitoes? Oh yeah, you can watch them fry. Really? Oh, it's so nice. Oh, that's yeah, evil. I love that. Yeah. I kind of like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, okay, so garlic spray to watch them fry. Yeah. Soak them off with uh, insecticidal soap or even a strong yeah. hose. Not too mm -hmm. strong. You wipe no, out you the wipe out the petunia. And, um, or, my remedy, throw a bag over its head and compost. That's just me. Okay. I tend, I tend to throw <laughs> the, uh, the patient with the disease here. Um, other issues with a wet summer? Mildew. Mildew and mold and other disgusting things. Yes. So, you got the powdery mildew, which is kind of everywhere right now. Yes, and it usually pops up in, in August for sure. Mm -hmm. um, in fact, I even have a little ping on my, my calendar. Um, it, um, on, uh, like I have a computer calendar. and like it, Powdery it, mildew time. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 it popped up just the other day. Wow. Well, that's super. Just to remind me that and powdery mildew is coming. I can write about powdery mildew on roses, yes. powdery mildew on lawns. Here's the good news. Powdery mildew is species specific. It won't jump from your rose to your lawn or vice versa. Mm -hmm. Here's the bad news. It thrives in wet, cool conditions, which yep. is now. Right now. You know, the, the earth is saturated. Um, and, you know, the only way to get rid of it is to basically desiccate it, dry it out. You can use a copper spray or something like okay. that. But I really don't recommend that. First off, because you're trying to get a, rid of white stuff on the leaves by spraying the white powder all over it. Doesn't mm -hmm. make a whole lot of sense. And it really, all it's going to do is desiccate the mildew. And... You just need sun and air airflow for that. There's also on some of your perennials, they automatically get powdery mildew, and there's not much that can be done. So huh. things like um, uh, painted daisies, um, even some of the salvias, they, they'll just get coated in it no matter how many times you spray it or when or if you use some special recipe off the internet, it still gets powdered. So you just cut it down and the plant will regrow. And it's not going to kill the plant unless nope. it is on all of the plant in excessive quantities. Yeah. But that's the white. That's the white issue. The gray issue is the bad one, and that's gray mold, botrytis. Uh, yeah. And that is the when the leaf hits the soil, starts to rot, and then it gets fuzzy. You get the gray fuzz. Mm -hmm. That's not good for anybody. So what plants are usually susceptible to that? Botrytis happens on a lot of the solanum family, potatoes, pota uh, tomatoes. A lot of people assume, um, associate it with um, blight, mm -hmm. uh, the, the tomato potato blight. Right. Um, typically, if someone comes in and asks if, if it's blight, I'll ask if the plant is still alive. And if they say yes, it's not blight. Ah. Because blight will wipe out everything. I think it kills in a few days. Yeah. It's yeah. incredibly yeah. virulent. Um, but gray mold is nasty because gray mold will spread very quickly. It likes flowers, um, you know, petunia flowers. If, if you start to get the spots on the petunia flowers, mm -hmm. that's gray mold. It happens to grapes. It's horrible oh, for grapes. Okay. Um, and so a lot of places, the only way to get rid of this is to pick off the affected stuff. Right. Throw it in the garbage, not the compost. Is it mostly um, a result of planting too closely? It's that. Because I've seen that on petunias, and it's usually because the petunias are so yeah. close together. Planting too closely is something that causes it, but what actually causes it is lack of airflow. So planting too closely just exasperates that. Ah. If you have it, if or if you think, or if you start to get, trim off lower leaves all around. 
Okay. Okay. So they're not touching off, the soil. Nothing contacting the soil. Make sure there's a few inch gap mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in there that air can move above the soil. That's a good rule of thumb anyway, especially also for slugs and other disgusting things. Yeah. So, you know, that's a good rule of thumb anyway, because the more rotting biomass you have on the surface, the more you invite those kind of creepy, crawly, nasties. Okay. So another question then, a bark mulch. Yes. If you have bark mulch, will that sort of alleviate or exacerbate? Because it's keeping things moister. Um, and, and so, because the bark mulch is trapping the, the moist in I'm the gonna soil. I'm going to say alleviate slightly because okay. bark mulch doesn't stay, it doesn't make mud. Hmm. And when you water it, it doesn't splash up onto the leaves. Right. When, mud, when mud splashes up onto leaves and the mud is on the lower leaves, that is a recipe for fungus to set in. Right. That is, uh, you know, that is uh, basically a petri dish on, mm -hmm. uh, on the leaf there. Which reminds me, actually, um, I know this is a slight deviation, but um, I, I do get questions on uh, uh, fruit trees, specifically cherries. Um, uh, with it, This is usually under mulch. What happens is uh, uh, fruit trees like moisture, but they can't sit in wet soil. Um, and so a lot of times bark mulch will trap uh, a lot of moisture under a cherry tree and then the tree basically drowns and you can you can watch it change. Um, so it's sometimes really important to pull back the, the bark mulch in wet conditions, let the, the plant dry out a bit um, and then put the bark mulch back, say, before winter. I think that's a really good that's a really good observation. And it, I think it's a good rule of thumb anyway with mulch to pull it back from the base of trees. You don't mm -hmm. want your mulch right up. You don't want anything touching the base of a tree. Yeah. Nothing, not lawn, not mulch, anything. Because it, it just, anything touching it, it's very vulnerable to fungus. So you want to pull that back with mulch. Yeah, pull it back, let the air get in there a little yes. bit. And with fruit trees, with as wet as it is this year, like I said to you uh, before we started, my birch loves it. But yeah, the fruit trees, uh, they're borderline. Well, yeah, uh, and I'm, I'm, seeing, no supplemental I'm water. seeing a lot of struggling with fruit trees. Yeah. Yeah, and the fruit trees in lower areas, you were saying, not so much. Mm -hmm. yeah. cool. Well, folks, I think that's about it for the Eco Gardeners for August. I'm Rob Sproul from Salisbury Greenhouse. And I'm Kevin DePore from Salisbury Landscaping. And until September, when we start to talk about those beautiful long fall days, keep getting your hands dirty, or in this case of this year, And bulbs. Muddy. Don't forget about bulbs. bulbs. Plant bulbs. I want to talk about bulbs. Okay, yes. we'll talk about bulbs next month. <laughs> Have a, good, have a good month, folks. Bye, guys. Thanks for being eager to get into that garden. Rob and Kevin are around every month on SalisburyGreenhouse.com or SalisburyLandscaping.ca. Till next time, keep your fingernails dirty and your thumbs green.